Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit. This is Faith Cawthon Green, and I just want to welcome you to 2019. It's a chance for a fresh start. We've got a new year, we've got a new perspective, and it's time to do something new and to walk into a new season. So we have ended the first season of War in the Spirit. This is episode number one of season number two. So if you hadn't noticed, the seasons of the podcast are changing with the seasons of the spirit. Um, so we came out of a season of, of process, a season of storm, a season of breakthrough, now into a season of purpose, a season of elevation, a season of increase and abundance. So this is season number two, episode number one, entitled Increase is imminent. So what do I mean when I say increase is imminent? Well, like I said, we're under a season of purpose. So if you are in alignment, as we've been speaking about, if you have broken through to the other side by being obedient to God, by going through the process, by learning the lessons that he was trying to teach, then you are now under a season where increase is imminent, meaning it must happen. It is about to happen for you because you are in alignment. God has already set it up for you to receive increase in every area of your life and for you to prosper in every area of your life. Have you ever wondered if there is more for your life? Well, there is. God wants to continue to increase you beyond your current position. He wants you to continue to grow and mature in the spirit and your purpose. He wants you to continue to increase in prosperity and abundance. However, this requires a constant pursuit of him. Only he can show you how to stay on top and never be on the bottom. Only he can show you how to continue to elevate in your life. The question is, are you willing to do what it takes? You see, we often tell ourselves that we must grind hard in this world in order to achieve the level of success that we desire. Go to school, get a job, work hard, be dedicated, and success will come. Well, what if it doesn't? What if you put your hands to work and you never really achieve the level you desired? Then what? Will you look back on life and wish you had lived more instead of working more? Will you regret some choices that you have made? Well, what if I told you there's already a master plan laid out for you to achieve the level of success you desire and that it does not require the kind of grind that the world tells you is required? God already has a master plan for your life designed to prosper you. But the question is, are you spending so much time listening to what man says is required to produce that you have muted the voice of God, which can direct you into the domain of your increase? 
God has a domain that he has designated for you. And when you accept your position and your jurisdiction, your increase and abundance becomes imminent, unstoppable, unimaginable, and limitless. The only limits that are established as far as God is concerned are those we impose on ourselves. You see, the work of your hands can only take you so far. It's the work of your heart that really does the heavy lifting to success. When you posture yourself to surrender all to God, he gives you access to another level that no man could ever give you. However, you still have free will. You have a choice. God will never force his plan on you. You must choose it. You must choose to pursue him to unlock all that he has for you. He wants it all from you because he has it all for you. Let's look at Adam. In Genesis 1, 27 through 31, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it I give every green plant for food and it was so God saw all that he had made and it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day then Genesis 2 8 says now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden and there he put the man he had formed the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food in the middle of the garden. So here it is. God has given Adam dominion. He's given him power. He's given him authority. He has given him everything that he needs. He planted a garden for him to eat from. He created animals. He created shelter. He created safety and even a spouse. And he gave Adam dominion over all of it. But Adam chose to forfeit his jurisdiction by disobeying God. So Adam looked at the one thing that God said you can't have. And he decided to partake of that thing, thinking it was going to get him something better than what God had for him. Now look at what the word says. It says God planted a garden. And trees sprouted out of the ground. Adam didn't even have to work the ground to reap that harvest. However, once he disobeyed God, a curse was placed over him. And then he had to reap the harvest with the work of his hands. He no longer had the favor of the Holy Spirit over his life he no longer had the favor of God over his life now he had to work in practicality to produce what he needed you see the things that God instructs us to do may seem silly or maybe even crazy but he has seen the end result and thus knows what the beginning must look like in order to produce the end 
when we go ahead of him, it never serves us well. It blocks us from the full abundance and prosperity that God truly has for our lives. As soon as Adam got out of alignment, he stopped doing the work for God's heart and of his heart and had to do the work of his hands. So he could only produce as much as his hands could bring him, thus limiting his abundance and prosperity. Again, the only limits as far as God is concerned are the limits that we place on ourselves through our disobedience, through our choices not to submit every part of our lives to God. God is a limitless God. And if we choose to submit to him, he can give us access to limitless increase. God grows us in stages. As you continue to show him your heart, your faithfulness, and your surrender to him, he will continue to elevate you. God's system of promotion is similar to that which you might see in a job, but the possibilities of what you could have are much more expansive. He will take you to a level and test your faith, your heart posture, and your ability to handle that level first. And once you have mastered that level, he will elevate you. The only difference is with God, there is no glass ceiling. You don't have to make any lateral moves. You can continue to go higher and higher as long as you maintain your pursuit of him and his kingdom. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. You see, we can't even fathom in our minds the things that God wants to do for us. Isaiah 55, 9 says, for as the heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Job 36, 22 through 24 says, God's power is unlimited. He needs no teachers to guide or correct him. Others have praised God for what he has done. So join with them. Psalm 147, 5 says, great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. The word of God tells us that we serve a God who is unlimited in power, capacity, knowledge, being, compassion, grace, and holiness. We must stop trying to put God in the tiny little box of our minds, trying to make sense of how he could possibly do what we are praying for him to do, or how he could elevate us into places we never thought imaginable. And to go even a step further, how in the world can he do that for me without years and years of hard work and grinding put in? The answer is simple. Favor. Psalm 5, 11 and 12 says, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. Psalm 84, 10 through 12 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. 
The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Psalm 90, 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You know, the interesting thing that I found was that all these verses about favor came from Psalm. Psalm written by David. David, the man after God's heart. David that was imperfect, but his posture was upright and aligned with God's will for his life. Therefore, he had a level of favor on his life that was limitless as long as he remained in the posture of alignment with God. God continued to bless him. And in the last verse, Psalm 90, 17, it says, God will establish the work of your hands. You do not have to establish the work of your hands. You see, if you are obedient to the plan, he has already put all the pieces in place for you to prosper. He will establish the work of your hands for you. It is not your grind that establishes you. It is your faith in conjunction with your hands. Faith without works is dead, but the level of work that must be done to establish you when you work on your own is far greater than that required when you co-labor with God. But it may not come in a conventional way. You see, God is limitless, but we place our own limitations on our lives by not believing the true power of God. We compare him to the power of man to give us a promotion. Now ask yourself, is God not bigger than any man you have ever encountered? Did God not create every person, thing, place, or opportunity that I may encounter? So then why am I looking to man or to man's rules to elevate me? God has his own system under which he operates and it is not the system of the world. We must stop wasting time trying to logically assess the situation and run all the scenarios for how it could play out because God already knows how it will play out before it began. He can go around the systems and laws and rules of the world, but because the systems of heaven are greater than those of this world, Now ask yourself, who do I trust to deliver for me more, man or God? Now, if you said God, ask yourself, why do I keep trying to subject God to rules and logic of man when he created the man who created the logic? Now say out loud, make this declaration, get it in your spirit. God is bigger than that. He is bigger than any problem. Bigger than any circumstance, bigger than any illness, bigger than any issue. And I will not limit God or the increase on my life anymore. I will pursue him and thus pursue my destiny. Let's look at a few examples of where we see God favor his people. Of where we see that God does not subject his people to the systems of the world. So in Acts 5, 20 through 29, we see some of the apostles that were to be jailed 
And beginning in verse 22, it says, but on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported. We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. He said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. So here it is. The apostles have been locked up and jailed. God showed favor on them and they were released, but they were released because of their obedience, because they had a posture to pursue the will of God, they went back to pursue the purpose on their lives, which was to spread the gospel, to spread the word of God. And they said, we must obey God rather than human beings. That is the favor of God that would be on your life as you move in obedience, as you walk in alignment with him, as you move in your purpose, you will see some things and some obstacles move out of your way because God's power is supernatural. And there doesn't have to be a natural explanation for it. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus died. He was not even subject to death. He died and he was resurrected again. People could not even keep him in the ground. That is the favor of God. Let's look at Paul and Silas in Acts 16, 22 through 36. Here they are. They're in jail. They've been locked up. So Paul and Silas are here in jail. They begin to praise and a violent earthquake began to shake the jail and the prison doors flew open. So verse 27 says the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Now look at what happened here. Paul and Silas were in jail. They were locked up. They were bound. They were at the mercy of this jailer. But as they trusted God, as they praised God, as they continued to 
remain in alignment with God, God turned the tables for them. He took them from being the tail to being the head. So here it is that the jailer is now serving them. He has invited them into his home. He is bowing at their feet. When just, just hours before, they were locked up. They were bound. They were shackled. And that's the thing about our lives is that as we move in obedience, we attain the favor of God and God will do some things. He will impress on the hearts of people to do things for us, to give to our bosom, to provide for us, to open doors for us, to give us opportunities. It doesn't have to look like the practical way that your mind says it has to be done. And as God will use the supernatural in your life, to show manifestation of his power because that's what draws people in. So as this jailer saw what happened when they praised and worshiped their God, he saw the manifestation of that praise. He saw that God showed up for them and then he sought to see God show up for him. And so not only Should we move in in obedience to obtain the favor of God on our lives? But also, we need to do it so that we draw other people into the kingdom. So that they come to believe. So that they come to have a relationship with Christ also. Let's look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown in a furnace for worshiping God. The king approached them. He said, if you do not Stop worshiping your God. I am going to throw you in a blazing furnace. And they said to the king, our God is able to deliver us from this fire. And even if he doesn't, we're still going to worship him. Daniel 3 verse 19 says, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude towards him changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times higher hotter than usual see the people around you may not understand the way that you move they might try to bring even more opposition against you but if you have the favor of God it doesn't matter because no weapon formed against you shall prosper if God be for you who can be against you verse 20 says and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie them up in the fire throw them in the furnace 21 says, so these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Verse 22 says, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. (laughs) My God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, 
Governors and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So look at what happened here. They were literally thrown into the fire. What tried to destroy them was turned and it worked in their favor in order to promote them. You see, when you move in obedience, your increase is imminent. When you remain in alignment with God, your increase is imminent. And even though, like I said, God may tell you to do something that in your mind does not make sense. But God has already seen the end results. He has already worked it out for you to come out on the other side of that thing. It may be scary. You may be afraid. You may be doubtful. But if you walk into the fire, God will sustain you. And he will promote you when you come out on the other side. God will use a supernatural to deliver others and draw them into the kingdom. So here it is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked into a fire. And they delivered an entire nation that was serving false gods. This is also why God does not operate under the same parameters of man. Miracles, signs, and wonders are evidence to unbelievers of his power, and he uses us in our lives to display these miracle signs and wonders. But we are often too caught up in the work of our hands to do the work of his heart and ours. We are the evidence. It doesn't have to make sense. It is beyond our understanding. Let's look at one last example. In 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, we see the widow with the oil. First one says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. 
you and your sons can live on what is left. You see, God can put some super on our natural. This woman did not have to work for months or years in order to pay off her debts. She simply had to surrender what she had to God, be obedient to him, have faith that he would provide. Her increase was imminent because of her obedience, her surrender and her faith. As long as she was willing to provide vessels for God to fill, the oil never ran out. The same is true for you and your life. God has a limitless supply for you, but you must choose the system of heaven and not the system of man in order to see it be poured out into your life. Now is the time to stop and give God what is in your hands so he can put his supernatural power onto it to produce your imminent increase. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God, and I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.